Y'all can be seated. Thank you for, for that kind intro. Church, good morning. Yeah, good to be with you guys. What a great time already, you know, in the presence of God and just a time of worship. And, and I'm always so thankful for the men and women who take that, that space, you know, create the atmosphere to really carve out a time in the presence of God. Just something special about that, right? Leading us right into that space where we can connect with God and just have that, that God encounter. Everything changes. Everything can change in a moment, you know, when we're, uh, we get a chance just to hang for just a second in the presence of God. And uh, that's one of the things I love about coming uh, to God is that he, he never fails to respond to us. You know what I mean? You never have to wonder, man, if I worship, will God do something in my life? Will God speak? Will God respond? We never have to doubt that because the Bible says when we come near to him, he comes near to us. Amen. And, and so I'm so thankful. Every time I pray, he hears. Not 50%, not, you know, not if I have a good week, you know, bad week, it's down to 33% chance of prayers being heard. It's a 100% chance every single time when I come to God. Amen? Amen? And uh, like, like Brandon said, man, what a, this has been so fun to get a chance to get around, uh, to hang with our C3 churches all over the U.S. and beyond, and, and you're a part of a great family. Hopefully, I'm the cousin you're, you're happy you met, you know what I mean, and not, not the weird uncle, you know what I mean, so... Uh, <laughs> I'll do my best to not be the weird uncle, but uh, I, I, I've just been absolutely uh, excited to hang the last couple of days with your pastors, uh, Pastor Brandon Merritt, just leading a great church here and just an amazing team. You've got awesome staff, awesome team, and just gonna, getting a chance to rally last night here in Vision uh, for what God's doing, where God's taking you guys as a church to reach a city, right? How many know you got a city to reach, right? And uh, you're not here in Fort Worth on accident, but uh, collectively as a church, God has assigned you, God has called you from wherever you've come over the journey of your life. You're here together on purpose with a mission to bring hope, bring Jesus to a city that desperately needs hope. Amen. And uh, so it's just, it's been fun to hang. And, and uh, I first got introduced to the Cole family by this uh, good looking man over here, Paul Cole. Uh, yeah, that's you. That's you, the doctor. And uh, so we've had a lot of chance to have some good conversations and hang out and excited together in different forms to help build and encourage uh, C3 and other churches all, all across the globe. So it's, it's been fun. Um, I'm excited this morning uh, to, to bring a word that I feel like is an in-season for you guys. And, uh, uh, you know, I think Pastor Scott was already uh, was reading my notes ahead of time because I think we're, we're in the same zone as far as what God is wanting to speak here this morning. So that's one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit is he always brings alignment to it. So uh, let me read this and then we'll, we'll get into it. Numbers chapter 14 some of y'all didn't know you could preach out of the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. You know, sometimes you get in that Bible reading plan. I, I don't know about you, I love a one-year Bible reading type of plan where it takes me cover to cover in a year, so I'll make sure I can get a good, solid diet of the entire Word. Um, 
And so sometimes you get into that book of Numbers and you, you just got to stay committed. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain sections, you know what I mean, of Leviticus and Numbers that get a little weird. They can make movies out of those books. You know what I'm saying? There, there's some stuff in there. But if, if you stay focused, you come to great stories uh, like this. Uh, verse 24 of Numbers chapter 14, it says this. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. So we're, we're coming on to a scene here where God is saying about an individual, this man Caleb, that there's something different about him that is granting him access into the promised land, into what God wants to give him. And it's because of this difference, this different spirit that's on him. And, and this is the, the precursor to the iconic story that we maybe would have heard of Joshua in the battle of Jericho and the whole march around the city seven times and the walls coming down. This is the, the pre-story, the backstory, the behind-the-scenes footage of what God ultimately does in that situation. But I believe that God wants to uh, call us to have the difference that Caleb had, the different spirit, the different vocabulary, the different language that Caleb had. So I want to pray, and then we're going to get into this. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your church. And I just bless C3 Fort Worth, just bless you with your presence and, and your touch and your power, we pray. God, speak to us, open up our hearts, uh, illuminate your word to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let me, let, me, let me go back to Numbers chapter 13 in the beginning here. And this gives us uh, the, the pre-story to the entering of the promised land, the, the backstory to before uh, God had been prophesying to them for years and years about this promised land that he wanted to ultimately take his people to. And in Numbers 13, we come onto the scene where God has just delivered his people out of slavery, out of Egypt, and now they're, they're on their way to what God had had for them, and they're kind of right at the door, so to speak, of, of what God wanted to bring them in. Into. And verse 1 of Numbers 13 says this, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan. That's the promised land. Which I am giving the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. And it goes to list their names. Two of the names we're familiar with, Joshua and Caleb, the other 10 are in the book, but nobody remembers them, and there's a reason why. So the two out of the 12 are Joshua and Caleb, but God says to Moses, send one leader from each of the 12 tribes of Israel and send them ahead to check out this promised land, to check out the land in advance of what's going on. So they go in, they spy it out, they get samples of the, of the provisions of the land, and now they're coming back to report to Joshua and, and everybody, or to Moses, okay, and the rest of the people, here's what you're going to find there. Here's kind of the, the update and report. And Joshua and Caleb, just have this in your mind, they're probably pretty pumped about the news that they're about to bring to the rest of the people. But Caleb is not the spokesman in this situation. So in Numbers chapter um, 
Numbers chapter 13, verse 26 says this. So now they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites lived in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, they live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then verse 30 uh, Caleb realizes this report is going south very quickly, and he's trying to interrupt. He goes, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Yes. Wow, that's a drastic difference all of a sudden. You got this report coming out, uh, Debbie Downer, like 101. That's where it started. This was the first Debbie Downer recorded in, in history is these 10 coming back and they're like, yeah, there's milk and honey, but they're big. You know, it's crazy. You know, Caleb interrupts the scene, says, no, no, no. Verse 31 says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we, uh, we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak who had come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. We looked the same to them. So here we are. God's people are right at kind of the doorway, if you will, to enter into what God has been promising them, what God had spoken to them about. And they're at the gateway. They're at sort of this, this, this new step where God is saying, okay, go check out the land. I promised you. Now go take a look at it. And so they're right here. And what's happening that we see in this kind of exchange, this context, is there's, there's a little bit of shaking that's starting to go on. There's a little bit of turbulence happening as they're beginning to attempt to enter in. There's some friction. There's some issue. There's some drama. There, there, there's a little bit of uh, unrest happening. And, you know, I found that oftentimes as God is trying to take you into new seasons, there can be some turbulence or a bit of shaking that can begin to happen. It's a little bit like if you've ever been in a car that's out of alignment. You know what I mean? And when you're driving slow, you don't really notice it. It's not really that big of a deal. But all of a sudden, as you begin to accelerate, that's when it starts, you know, shaking, right? You're going 60 miles an hour on the freeway, and you realize, okay, we got a problem here. You know, something's wrong. You know, some of us may have cars that just do that anyways. But, you know, it's, you know... And if you've got a vehicle out of alignment, when you accelerate, you begin to get a little bit of shaking. You begin a little turbulence. A little bit of struggle begins to happen. And the reality with that is you have two options. You either slow down so it stops shaking, or you got to get your alignment fixed, right? Either back up, you let off the accelerator, you decelerate, or you got to fix the problem. you got to go get the alignment checked. 
And a lot of times in our lives, God is wanting to accelerate us. God is wanting to take us into new territory. God is wanting to advance us and move us in, into new seasons. But sometimes in those new seasons, we begin to experience a little bit of turbulence. And, and, and the enemy will try to get us to back off of what God wants. Get us to decelerate, get us to get on our heel and get off of the offense, get into kind of a defensive position where we're, we're backing up in life rather than really taking uh, uh, the ground that God has for us. But a lot of times there's, there's an alignment issue. There, there's, there's an adjustment. And if God's going to accelerate us, we got to get some alignment going on. We got to make some adjustments. Anytime we're going to that, that new season, there can be some shaking because we're usually out of alignment. There's, there's an alignment struggle. There's, there's a, an, an adjustment that God is going to need to make in our lives to allow us to continue to be able to accelerate. See, with, with the children of Israel in this situation, they, they had a, an alignment issue, and it took what God had to do is basically what was supposed to be this. 14-ish day journey to the promised land ended up, as we know, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, right? That's a bummer of a detour. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just imagine Siri going, you know, return to the root, return to the root, return to the root for 40 years. You know what I mean? It's just like these guys, are, it wasn't because anyone was lost, but what was happening is God needed 40 years to adjust the alignment of his people. Because what happened is they had, they had a certain language issue, right? You have Joshua and Caleb who are saying, we got this. The other 10 end up saying, no, 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 no. They're too big. We ain't got this. This isn't going to work. And in that situation, it was ended up being a majority rules kind of vote that happened. And God basically says, listen, this ain't going to work. I can't take you into the promised land like this. This isn't going to work in this situation. I'm going to have to adjust your language. And that's what the, the season in the wilderness uh, was. Because what you find is that each level that you, you're in has its own kind of language. It has its own vocabulary, uh, set of vocabulary. Each, each level has a language. And so if God's going to take you into a new level, if God's going to take you where he wants you to go, oftentimes you're going to have to begin to learn some new language, right? Uh, each level has a language. The reality is you and me are right where our language has currently taken us. I am where my language has taken me. I, I, you are where your language has directed you and guided you up to this point. Now, I don't even like admitting that because it's such a personal responsibility kind of statement. You know what I mean? I like to pretend it's everybody else's fault that I am where I am. But the reality is I am where my, my verbiage, my dialogue, the spirit that's, that's coming out of me has taken me. Um, anyone here like the golf? Any, anybody? Not in this weather, it's a little hot, but you know what I'm saying? Like, or maybe you do because you're hardcore and you're Texans, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm the only one wearing a coat because I'm not from here, so uh, I forgot, <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> um, it, when, you, when I'm playing golf, I love golf. I'm not good at golf at all, but I love it. I enjoy the game. And a lot of times when I hit the ball, it does not go where I want it to go. Okay, it's I hang out in the trees a lot when I play golf, and uh, and the reality is it, when I hit it, I'm usually like, ah, why the heck did it go over there? I was hitting it over there, but you know the truth is the golf ball goes exactly where I hit it. Yeah. Yeah. I may not like that. Yeah. 
It goes exactly where I hit it every single time. How I strike it, how, you know, how I swing. It, it's, it, it's not an accident that the ball went in the woods. I hit it in the woods. Okay? I may not like that, but that's the reality. And sometimes in our own lives, I, I am where my language has taken me. I may not like that, but that's my reality, right? So, but it, God wants to take us into some new ground. God has individually for each one in this room, God's got new. As a church, God's got new territory that he wants you to take. But it's going to take some new language. You know, words, words are, are powerful. Uh, words give us access. Uh, you ever, when you're a kid, create like a club or a tree fort and you have passwords, and secret passwords, or even on all of our devices that we have, we got passwords, right? And those, those words give us access. And, and there's something about um, uh, the, our lives sometimes, we're like, man, I feel like God has more for me. And there's a frustrated maybe sense sometimes of being like right there but not quite being able to get into it. A lot of times it's a language issue. It's, it's an access issue because you're not, you're not speaking the language of the next level. You're speaking language at this level. And God's going to have to give you some next level kind of language to get where you need to go, Right. So words are powerful, like Pastor Scott was talking about. Our words have creative power. Right from the very beginning, God initiated that when he, when he spoke and galaxies were formed. Uh, I think one of my favorite things that, that Pastor Louis Giglio, a pastor out of Atlanta, kind of added to the Christian vocabulary was calling God the star breather. And I don't know if you ever heard that, but I just think that's one of my favorite like ways to describe God. He's a star breather. He spoke in galaxies reformed. He spoke in the world that we, I mean, this is an unbelievable God that we have, but we're created in the image of God. And like him, we have this power, this creative force in the words that we speak. We got life and death in the tongue. We've got this unbelievable uh, ability to create and to build or to tear down with the words that we speak. So in our marriages and our finance, uh, in, our, in our business, in, in the call that God has in our life, and the dreams that are in our heart. Uh, if we want to advance that, there's going to have to be some new language. There's going to have to be some next steps. I, I know for me, I felt like if I look back into different seasons of my life, every time where I felt like I kind of accelerated or I took some steps forward, it was usually a byproduct not of getting some fresh skill or getting that next degree, but it was oftentimes a shift in my, my vocabulary. Yeah. It was an adjustment in how I spoke. It was, it was a different way of thinking that created a different kind of declaration that would come out of me. Uh, yeah, a simple example, one time uh, years back when I was a, a Bible school intern and I was running our youth, you know, kind of junior high programs, and my intern director, who was my youth pastor at the time, he, um, I was over at his house one day and I was carrying a lot, and I kind of said some statement to him like, ah, feeling pretty overwhelmed. I said, I just don't think I could do any more than I'm doing right now. I said, I made that statement. And he just looked at me, zero compassion. And he just said, he said, oh, okay, so you don't want to do anything great with your life. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a little harsh, you know, a little intense. And I was like, no, I didn't say that. He's like, so you're saying you're probably just never going to really make much of a difference. And I was like, holy, wow, this is like really a little different. I was looking for a group hug. I was looking for a, hey, I know, bud, you know, I'll take some, you know, none of that. And he, what he was kind of confronting in me, it was my vocabulary. Because then he goes, he goes, he starts listing off some pastors that I would respect and that 
I would have honored. And he goes, so you're saying you'll never really do anything like they're doing. You're never going to quite make that kind of an impact. And, and he goes, I guess, I guess Pastor, you know, Phil Pringle and, you know, all the, I guess they must have found extra days in a week than you because they have the same, I thought they had the same hours in a day and a week than you do, but they're doing more than you. So I guess this is all you're ever going to do. And I was like, ah, you know, but I got enough, like, fighting me to be like, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> and you know what I did? I didn't get any new skill other than a shift in my language. And I went from saying, man, this is all I can handle to, I started saying, I can handle this and much more. I can handle this and much more. And now I laugh at that version of me because I'm doing a lot more than I was doing then, Right. And, but it's interesting how the, the shift in vocabulary gives you access to new seasons, new seasons of growth, new seasons of expansion in our life. And God wants to take us into new seasons, but our language has been holding us hostage. It's been keeping us stagnant. It's been putting us in this situation. That's what ultimately is such a sad part of this Numbers 13, 14 story is that most of the Israelite community that got rescued out of slavery in Egypt never entered the promised land because of their vocabulary, because of their language. They had fear and doubt and all this stuff. And God basically says, this ain't going to work. I can't take my people. They're not going to be able to rule the promised land with slave kind of dialogue. It ain't going to work. And they just have this small thinking. They had all these fears and doubting God. And, and God had to basically take the 40 years to eradicate that language out of his people so that they could actually step into what God wanted for them. See, our next level is going to require some new language, right? It's going to require some next level language. So let me talk a little bit uh, about next level language. What does that look like? And we're going to kind of draw from this story uh, of Caleb here. And Caleb is, is the primary figurehead in this, but ultimately it's Caleb and Joshua who are both kind of speaking this way and, and having to fight against it. So if we're going to have next level language and enter the promised land, first thing we got to do is we got to silence the limitations or silence the haters, however you want to, however you want to say it. Numbers 1330, uh, you know, the, the, the Debbie Downers are starting to spew their garbage. They're gossiping on Facebook. And then all of a sudden, Caleb steps in and he says, uh, he silenced the people before Moses. And then he began to make his declaration. But you know, a lot of times we've got to learn how to turn down the volume of doubt the volume of limitation. we got to turn down the fears. They're going to try to sabotage us. And, and you know, a lot of times we're our own biggest enemy in that deal. Thoughts are in my head, things that I say. Man, I'm just never going to get this way. Oh, this is never, I, I doubt this will ever happen. Well, this is a long shot. You know what I mean? Like, we just kill ourselves with our language. we got so many limiting statements because of fear and insecurities and, and doubts that the enemy will try to bring against us. we got to learn how to shift that. we got to learn how to silence the limitations. Sometimes it's us, sometimes it's other people. You know what I mean? And if it's other people, either you got to find a new friend circle, or if you're related to them, then you just got to learn how to turn the volume down a little bit. If you're related, you got to stick with them, okay? Like it or not, all right? Um, try to help encourage each other to upgrade your language, and you can enjoy being with that person. Um, but don't don't allow yourself to be the Debbie Downer in every situation, and don't surround yourself with those kind of people. 
You'll never take the promised land if you're surrounded by people who are always talking fear, doubt, limitations. And sometimes they mask it as, well, I'm just being real. I'm just getting honest. It's like, well, okay, we do need to get down to the details and make sure we can execute something. But most of the time, that phrase is a mask for just being a complainer, just being a whiner. Just having fear and doubt and limitation plaguing your life, and you cannot move forward. That, that's, that, that's the language of stagnation. Uh, complaining is such a limiter. We will never take hold of the promises of God if we have a language of complaining or if we have a language of doubt. Okay. The next thing that we got to have is a language that declares victory. That's one of the biggest things about a next level language is it's a language of victory. It's a vocabulary of victory. I love it. It says, Caleb in verse 30, he silenced the people before Moses. And then he said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We can certainly do it. Right? This is where we have this unbelievable prophetic power that God has given you and me to declare things, to speak things, to prophesy victory, to declare the future that God has called us to step into. And, and Caleb, Caleb just says, man, we got this. We can take this thing. I believe that God is for us. And he, he just begins to prophesy victory. It's a bold, it's a sound of victory. And I'm telling you what, some of us have got to learn how to rise up. I know your circumstance may not feel like victory right now, but you got to learn how to begin to declare something different. you got to begin to rise up and begin to talk about and begin to speak to and begin to prophesy what God has, what God has called you into, what God has promised you, what God has, has given you. What I love about Caleb in this situation, too, it's, it's kind of this forward direction of vocabulary. Sometimes a lot of us are always focused on what happened in the past, good or bad. Sometimes it's the bad thing happened in the past that we can't get over. Sometimes it's the good old days that we, we, we are focused on so we don't move forward in what God has for us. But a, a, a next level kind of language is forward focused. It's, it's a forward leaning. It's a forward uh, way of thinking so that I'm always thinking, what's next? Think of it a little bit like this. Our, our words, these, these prophetic words that, that we want to begin to speak and just declare uh, uh, God's blessing and favor on our future, they're like ma- magnets or like homing beacons that we send out in the future, and it draws us towards them. So we go in the direction, like I was saying, you know, we, the ball goes where I hit it. I go in the direction of the words that I'm speaking. It's like a guiding force in my life. Where are you going? You're going exactly where you're talking. You're going where you're talking. I've got to learn how to speak in the direction I want to go, right? They're going, man, we can't do this. These guys are huge. They're the same people are talking about, man, Egypt was better. Like, how crazy are you when slavery is better to you than freedom? You know, you got problems, right? When you're talking, I'd rather go back to getting whipped and beat by the Egyptians than to uh, take, you know, go forward and trust God. You know what I mean? It's like, but we can easily get there. Usually our situations aren't as extreme as that, but we can easily get more infatuated with the past than we do with being able to really trust God for the future, right? So we got to have a language that declares victory, that, that speaks into where we're going. You know, I think that, um, you know, life bumps in the road, 
you know, things get a little bit out of alignment and, and we, our, our language can start getting off track, right? Our dialogue can start getting a little bit skewed and, and we stop declaring the things. We stop speaking victory. We, we use a lot of maybes and if God and will, I hope maybe. But that's not the language of faith. That's not, that's not how we're called to live. We, we are called to speak victory. We are called to declare. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, right? Uh, w- one time Jesus comes up on a scene where there needs to be a miracle, and the Father says, hey, if you can do something, you know, healing Jesus is like, if? <laughs> if? <laughs> like, you don't know me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't if things. I do things. You know what I mean? Like, I got this. I'm available. I have the power. I can, I can intervene in this situation. And with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is, is without reach that God has, has called you to. Amen? Uh, another part of next level language is that it always affirms God's promises. It affirms God's promises. Remember, you, you got the 10 going, they're too big, we can't do this. But they forgot Numbers 13.1, where it says, The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. See, there's a word from God that has been given to them at that time. Say, this is your land. I am giving this to you. I have this. This city belongs to you. Fort Worth is yours, right? I am giving you this land. And there's this declaration of God to his people. But here in this moment, the 10 out of 12 are starting to speak out of alignment with what God had said, right? God had said this, and now they're saying something else. No wonder there's a little bit of turbulence. No wonder you get a little bit of shaking going on when you're starting to accelerate because your words are out of alignment with what God's word has said. So for you and me, it's so key that we make sure that I am declaring, I am speaking, I have a language that is in line with the promises of God's word. Right? That's when the power is released. When my words line up with God's word, God's power is released through that. Yeah. Right? A lot of times we, we're wondering, why, why am I not seeing God's blessing that's in the word? Why am I not seeing what God says I can see? It's because I'm not speaking like God's word speaks. I'm not declaring. I'm not living in accordance with God's word. And you know what? Sometimes um, I doubt that most Christians or most people who would have a, you know, are followers of Jesus and have an interest to, to do what's right would ever wake up and go, man, today's going to be the day where I attempt to break as many laws of God as possible today. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to send it up today. This is going to be a big day, just kind of letting loose. Rarely any of us are doing that. I mean, if you are, let's talk later. You know what I mean? Uh, but... But the reality is a lot of times we, we are inconsistent or incongruent or in opposition to the word of God, not because we're attempting to disobey God all of the time, but a lot of times we don't obey God because we don't know what God says, which is why it's so key that if I'm going to have a language in alignment with the word of God, I actually have to know what the word of God says. I've got to get this book in me. I've got to consume as much of the Word of God on a daily basis as I possibly can. I just want to encourage you, read the Bible every day. But don't read it because it's going to get you brownie points in heaven. You're going to be like a better Christian. That's not why we read the Bible. 
There's going to be no entrance exam other than who's your savior at the gates. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there, there's no like quiz on the book of numbers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, I skipped over Leviticus my whole life. You know, I wish I'd have known that one. You know, there's none of that. You know, it, it's we read it because the more I read the Word of God, it, it's not to make God love me; it's to remind me how much He does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I read it to get to get to know the author. I read it to get to know my Savior. Yeah. I, I read it because God wrote a manual for us so that we could live the life that He's called us to live. Live in the peace. Now we have a world right now. We've seen in the news the uh, suicide and and the the depression. And I, I got a message literally on Facebook by some. But I'm believing that God's going to use us to, to redeem this, this guy that reached out to me. I met him at random by the Holy Spirit in an airport. And he was, he's depressed. He's an alcoholic. He's losing his marriage. He's wanting to commit suicide. He's in all this kind of stuff. So I'm in the process of trying to help him get the help that he needs. But we got people like that and then all over the news. And many of you guys, I'm sure, would know people and maybe even yourselves have dealt with depression and dealt with anxiety, dealt with these different things. And, and we have the hope, right? We've got the, the answer that our world needs. It needs us to live in consistent with the word of God so that we can display the goodness and the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. I'm going to invite the band to come up and help me close out here. I have no clock, so I either could have gone 10 minutes or that could have been 50. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I don't see anybody falling asleep too much yet, so I think we're, I think we're doing all right. <laughs> um, so we got to affirm God's promises, get in alignment with, with his word. And here's, here's another key about next level language is that we have got to factor God into the equation. We got to factor God into the equation. You see, when they start talking about how it's impossible, the people are big, all this kind of situation. In verse 31, when they're like, man, we can't go up. We can't attack them. They're stronger than we are. They're, you know, they, they've got, they're like, man, this place devours. We're grasshoppers in their eyes and in ours. Which you're like, wait, did you ask them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they're making up all kinds of stories in their head like we often do when we're in fear, when we're in doubt. But in verse, in Numbers chapter 14, verse 9, Caleb says, only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. I love it. They're like, man, this place swallows people alive. But Caleb is like, he's got like that fight in him. He's like, oh, we'll swallow them up. We're going to get them. It's just, he just comes out with a totally different language. He's like, man, man, you think they're going to swallow up? Man, we're going to swallow them up. Right? He says, well, we'll swallow them up. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. See, a lot of times, the language coming out of our mouth is because we're not factoring God into our probability of success. 
We're, we're measuring our ability to take the land, to, to start the business, to have the family, to raise the kids, to make that financial increase that we need. We're measuring it completely in our own ability versus the difficulty. But Caleb does not come back and say, listen, actually, I've got a great military strategy. And I've actually, I've hired some hitmen, and we can do this thing, right? Now, he doesn't talk about his own ability. See, the ten are gone, man. We are no match for them. But Caleb says, listen, God's with us. <laughs> man, if God's for us, who can be against us? If God's with me in this situation, we can take the land. We can take possession of what God has for us. And a lot of times, we live in fear and we live in doubt because we forgot to include God into the equation. We forgot. We know He's kind of out there, but we, we oftentimes treat Him as a distant disconnection rather than actively in the fight for us. Actively leading us into battle. Actively surrounding us and empowering us and working on our behalf in every single situation that we face. God is for us. Who can be against us? God is with you. C3 Fort Worth, God is with you. God is with you. You will take possession of this city, of this land. There's people who need Jesus. There's people who need hope and need grace and need restoration. And you and I get the opportunity to reach in and take possession of it. But it's not going to be in your own strength. It's because God's with you. It's because God's for you. It's because His hand is on your life. And if He's with you, then you got this. And you should take this city. And you should go in and take possession of the land that God has for you. Amen. Amen. I want to pray this, this morning for, for us in maybe a couple different areas. I think first I want to, I want to pray with those who maybe, maybe feel like, man, this word has been for you in the area of your language. Maybe you feel like you've been out of alignment. Maybe there's a lot, been a lot of fear, a lot of doubt. Maybe you feel like you're in more of the 10 spies category than the Joshua and Caleb category. Hey, we've all been there, right? And you just realize, man, I, I realize what's been holding me back, that language, and I need, a, I need a shift in that. I just wonder who I'm praying with. Would you lift up your hand? I want to know who I'm praying with here this morning. Yeah, yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us. Anybody else, anybody else? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of us in this room. And I, I just believe that God wants to, God wants to minister life uh, to you guys. And here's what I want us to do. Let's all stand to our feet. And would you, I just want to take a moment to be able to pray with you. Many of you raise your hand, but if you didn't and you feel like, you know what, I want to pray. I want to just pray a spirit of faith and strength and next level of your life. If you feel like you've been hindered and you feel like your language has been off, you feel like there's been a barrier, there's been fear that's holding you back, and you're saying, hey, time for me to boldly step into and begin to declare the victory. You want prayer this morning, why don't you make your way down here to the front. Let me just pray with you for a moment. And uh, just agree with you in prayer. Come on. Come on. God's able. God's faithful. And, you know, sometimes we face difficulty and we face challenge. Awesome. We face things that discourage us. The enemy wants to get us to believe that we can't take it, that we can't step into it. But come on. God's for you. God's able. Anybody else who say, that's me. That's me. You want, you want God to unlock some things, break through some areas of your life. Amen. Awesome. Just extend your hands forward to those who are up here. Father, in Jesus' name, 
I ask that you would release your favor and your power, God. I thank you, Lord, for a fresh spirit of faith to step into everything you have for them, to step into, God, unlock and release this next season in their life in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, what the enemy has tried to use for evil. God, you're going to turn it for good in the name of Jesus. And no weapon formed against them will prosper in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for your touch, God. Thank you for your presence. Unlock it in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, that you're releasing, God, new strength, God, new territory, God, new vision. God, I just pray for this house. God, I pray for Pastor Brandon and Pastor Meredith right now in the name of Jesus that you've given them fresh vision and strength, God, to, to reach a city. God, I pray for every single individual in the seats here, God, that you give them vision to expand and to take territory and to unlock the next season of their life in the name of Jesus. 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 Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your touch, God. Unlock a new season. God, release a new season. Father, I thank you. Father, I just thank you for your touch right now. I just see that the enemy would try to, there's, there's been like an emergency light over your life where it's, it's been, maybe you felt like the scene of, uh, of difficulty, but God is, is sounding a different alarm of victory. Instead of it being an ambulance of defeat coming to the rescue of, of a situation, God is unlocking a new season of victory. And that siren is, is, is that sound of the overcomer, the sound of victory, the sound of, of, of new seasons of breakthrough and release in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do what only you can do, God. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your power, God. Thank you for your presence. You know, with everybody's just kind of in the moment where we're reflecting, kind of focusing on our relationship with God, I, I want to hand it back over to Pastor in a moment. Before I do, I just want to ask this question. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're kind of in this moment where you're reflecting on your own relationship with God. Maybe, maybe everyone in here is already made the decision to follow Jesus and to have him forgive your sin. Or maybe there's somebody, maybe there's one, two, maybe there's ten in the room here this morning who have not yet made the decision to surrender your life and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to give him everything that I've got. I want to serve him, turn over the wheel, so to speak, of my life to allow Jesus to lead me and guide me. Maybe you've felt like even you've done that the past, but you just realize, man, I feel like I'm away from God. I just want this to be a day of new beginning, drawing a line in the sand of saying, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to be all into this thing. And I want to get my relationship with God right. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. And we're just going to pray a bold but simple prayer of saying, Jesus, you're my leader and my Lord, and I'll follow you. On the count of three around the room, if that's you, you need to Get your life right with God. You need a new relationship with Jesus here this morning. On the count of three, lift up. Let me know who I'm praying with. One, two, three. Uh, around the room, lift up your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. Craig. Anybody else to say, that's me. New beginning. 
Awesome. Here's what I want us to do. We're all going to pray a prayer together if that's you. I want you to boldly pray this with conviction knowing that Jesus is hearing you. He's forgiving you. So say this. Say, Jesus, today I make a decision to follow you with all my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and raising from the dead to give me life. I live for you from this moment on. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give it up for all those who made that decision this morning. Come on. So good. You guys can hang here. Y'all hang here. Y'all hang here because y'all are going to lead us in worship in a minute. Hey, you know, it's interesting. You're committed to what you confess. And you speak things. And then you begin to follow things. I found a great measurement for how I'm speaking is how people are speaking to me. If people are speaking to me in a certain language, then there's a pretty, pretty good chance we are speaking the same one. We are understanding them too well, then we're probably speaking their language. So maybe for some of us, we just need to take a little inventory of kind of how are we speaking to each other? Husband and wife, how are we hearing one another? What are we saying to one another? Friends, how are you talking to one another? Hey, hey, what do you, what do you say? Co-workers, man, man, my boss. Yeah, my boss. Whoa, where did that, man, what are you hearing? Because a lot of times it's a great measurement for what you're saying, whether you realize it or not. And I want to challenge you that when you hear it, speak a different language. Because, man, next level requires a new language. And it's not always easy because circumstances don't always dictate good good speech. I know, I've stubbed my toe before. It is easy to go, oh, and react. But if we can get ourselves to a place where we trust God fully. I mean, I can imagine Caleb and Joshua going, uh, should I agree with them? Should I not? But there was something in them that said, no, that's not your language. That is, and all, one of our core values is to speak the language, to make sure that we see what God sees and we speak it into our city. And so I, I, man, I can tell you, I, I didn't get to see his notes. I know the service directors did. And they, man, and Scott, man, y'all lined it up. Like, that was incredible. Uh, what an incredible word. What a privilege to have Pastor Samuel here. And if you made a decision, if you made a decision today, whether it be about your language, whether it be about your faith in Christ, whether it be about surrendering yourself, which includes your language, uh, we don't want you to do that alone. And so as you walk out of here, in fact, Pastor Samuel has written an incredible book called Following Jesus uh, that we have with us that we want to give to you. I think this is not just a new believer thing. I think it's an any believer thing because I think we all need to remember how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to get with people, right? And so I want to encourage you, if that's you, on your way out, make sure you find the distance home area and, and grab one of those, talk to those people, make sure you let us know who you are because we want to do life with you, do it together, amen? Father's Day next week is going to be incredible. Pastor Paul Cole, Global Fatherhood Initiative, is going to be preaching. And uh, we've got a $70 gift card giveaway to Texas Parks. So if you want to take your family or just take yourself, Dad, uh, camping, you can do that. We're going to give that away. It's going to be a blast. I'm really, really excited. Maybe we'll have some beef jerky. I don't know. That seems like a thing to do. And uh, it's going to be incredible. But Shane, it's here leading next steps. But I want to leave here today with a declaration. I want to leave here today with a new language. I want to leave here today with a, a confession 
that I can begin to commit myself to. Yeah, your language matters. And so I want to sing this song, and we're going to worship together, and we're going to walk out of here with a language that's different. Amen? You take a language into your city. You take a language into your conversations. You do not allow the things around you to dictate who God is in you. Amen? So let's worship together. Let's leave here with a confession, with a language.